0: And it's fall time, you know, although it felt like we got a little bit of winter this last week. Huh? Worship his With some name. some of the snow. <laughs> you know? It's funny. The morning we woke up and there was snow in the ground. I don't know when it was, Monday or whatever it was. <laughs> I looked out the window, and I, in my heart, I have to admit, I went, oh, no. <laughs> and the first thing he did when he got up, looked out the window, he was like, yeah!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought,
0: well, I, I guess opposites attract, right? Yeah, so. But fall is a season of harvest. Amen. And, uh, you know, when we do reap what we sow, like what was planted in the spring, if you're a gardener, a farmer. What you plant in the spring, you harvest in the fall, in the autumn. And it's just time to gather in the goods, you know, the bounty. Some people preserve things. They can things to get ready for the winter. But it's just a time when we enjoy harvest of mm-hmm. Thanksgiving yeah. with some gratitude in our heart about the good things that we have. And the national holiday, of course, of Thanksgiving was born out of this time. Here's a little history lesson, a kid's history lesson. Why do we celebrate Thanksgiving? You know, this, the early pilgrims came from England to America back in the 1600s, seeking religious freedom. Right. And um, they, the definition of a pilgrim is actually somebody who's on a long journey to a holy place. And so they were coming to America looking to worship God, you know, in the way they felt was, he was to be worshipped. And so it was a tough time. It was a difficult time for them. Many people... It took them a couple of months, actually, on ship. You know, they thought they were going to land more towards New York, and they ended up in the Massachusetts area on the shoreline. And people died on it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was tough. It was cold when they landed. And um, there was a lot of sacrifice in this. But, you know, over time, they they met with the the Native Americans, or the Native Indians, rather, that were already here and who showed them how to plant seeds, gave them seeds to plant, fertilize. And over time, it wasn't the first year they were there. They celebrated a Thanksgiving together. But it was over time that they did, in some years, had a really bountiful harvest. And so the Native Americans and the pilgrims celebrated. And thank God for what the provision was for them. And that's really where uh, we get this heartwarming picture of hearth and home, family, community coming together, Mm. you know, like they did. Uh, To celebrate Thanksgiving, and soon we're all going to be sitting down to an American Thanksgiving dinner, are we not? Yeah. You realize how soon it is? I was telling myself that it was like, oh my gosh, it's next Thursday, and we We need more stuffing. We have (laughs) more (laughs) stuffing. And what are we going to be eating? We're going to be eating Thanksgiving turkey with stuffing. How Hallelujah. mashed potatoes. I don't mm. want to keep talking about it. We're all going to just want to get up and leave and go eat, right?
1: Apple pie, The, the green bean pie.
0: casserole. Oh yeah. the cranberries, the pumpkin pie. But we all do have so much to be thankful for. Come do on. we not? Yes. I mean, family, we're going to sit around with family friends, mm-hmm. loved ones, give thanks to God for all the bountiful provision that mm. we have in this life. The fact that we have homes to live in heat, we have cars, we have phones. You know, we have just so much. We have food on our table. Come on. You know, and we have so much to be thankful for, like a harvest of what we have here now. Just in material things, we have a lot to be thankful for. Amen. But this life here on earth is just not, that's the part of this bigger picture. It's not the end of the story. You know, for the follower of Christ, this is on our outline, heaven, not earth, really is our true home. We're talking about pilgrims here. Awesome. Earth as it now is is not our home. We do, we must know this. Right. Ultimately, our home is going to be on a new earth, on. a transformed earth. This is what Scripture tells us. Where heaven and a new earth come together. They come together as one. Hallelujah. Jesus said, You know, behold, I'm making, I make all things new. Mm. So he's making all things new. And every tear Every fear will be wiped away.
1: Hallelujah. You know, every
0: body will be alive with resurrection life. Come
1: on. There'll
0: be no more aches and pains, no more sickness and disease. Sweet. There'll be health and strength. Come on. (laughs) Think about it. Righteousness and peace will reign forever.
1: Yes. Glory to God. It says the lion and the lamb will
0: lie down together. God. Heaven and earth. Heaven's coming to earth. Earth is part of heaven. (laughs) Renewed. We're going to see Jesus face to face. Won't that be awesome? And the dwelling place of God, it says, will be among men on a transformed earth. Because there will be an earth, and it will be transformed. Hallelujah. And we are awaiting that glorious day. Come on. Are we not? Yes. If you're a follower of Christ, there's something on the inside of you that knows this is not the way it's supposed to be when you look out at the world. Yes. Right?
1: You got it. Right. And so
0: now Scripture actually calls us pilgrims. It calls us strangers and foreigners. That's cool. Yeah. As we walk and journey on the earth now, we're like pilgrims. We're walking by faith, but we're looking for another homeland. Amen. This home, this place now, as earth is now, is not our home. Come on. And Look at what Hebrews 11 speaks to this. It says, but having seen the promises, well, I'm going to read, I'm going to read you, I'm going to read you, we, we switched out a translation, I'm going to read you from the one I have here, but having seen the promises from afar, we're assured of them, embrace them and confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Yes, These are people that were living by faith in Hebrews 11. And so it said, they saw the promises from afar. They were assured of them, embraced them, but confessed they were what? They were strangers and, and pilgrims. pilgrims
1: on the earth. What was the definition of pilgrims again? Pilgrim. A long journey to a, a holy place?
0: A, a person who's on a long journey going to a holy place. Hallelujah. Yeah.
1: Gosh. So you, we're
0: like sojourners. We are on this long journey to our,
1: to our true homeland. Glory to God! Yeah. I'm excited, <laughs> aren't you? <Yeah. laughs> well, tell him. <laughs> yes, you know, going back and still going on with this Hebrews chapter 11. I encourage you to read the book of Hebrews. This, you know, it's it's you're going to be fed meat as you read it, spiritual meat that will empower you. But it says that we're called citizens of a better country of a heavenly one. Look what it says. Instead, they were longing for a, underline this, a better country. Underline this, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to call the, be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. He mm-hmm. prepared a city for us. Come on, where Pastor Mamie just said, and the Bible declares that righteousness will reign. You and I will have no aches and pains. A new, a, a spiritual body that is empowered by the life of God. This is a better country, a heavenly one, and God has prepared it for us. This is goes back to what Jason was teaching. Hey. You know, he's gonna recompense us. He's gonna pay us. We're also called, listen, the Bible declares that we are called ambassadors for Christ. Ambassadors. Second Corinthians, uh, you probably have this underlined in your Bible already. If not, open it up and do it. it. Look what it says. We are, underline that word are. It doesn't say we're going to be, but it says we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's what we're called to do. We are ambassadors. Mm -hmm. That means, guess what that means? That means we're now living, you and I are now living in a foreign land, and we are representing our heavenly country right now, and we are representing our true king. Yeah. This is powerful stuff. And look, go, Scripture goes on to say this, that our citizenship is in heaven. Philippians, it's probably underlined in your Bible. If not, quickly do it. <laughs> <laughs> but look what it says here. But our citizenship is in heaven. Underline that phrase. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly, Await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Listen, when you when you pull back, you know, your life, you pull back, you zoom out, like if you're on Google Maps or something like that, and you zoom out to take a look. You know, you you when you do that, you if you view your life from this broad perspective, it, it gets a lot easier to see the, the lifeline that goes on further and further in our brief moment that we're here on earth. You, Because you and I are going to live for hundreds of thousands of years. You and I are going to actually live for billions of years. Billions of years throughout all the eternity. I mean, isn't that astonishing? Doesn't that blow your mind? Mm-hmm. Get that emoji where it's like, it has a brain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, if you <laughs> meditate on this, it is mind-blowing. That thought is mind-blowing. We're living forever, yeah. billions of years. Yeah. You know, listen, our time on earth, 80, 90 years, James, the book of James, Scripture declares that's like a vapor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They made tea this morning. I made tea this morning. You know what? That vapor is gone. Mm-hmm. That vapor has gone as soon as I unplug that thing. Our life here on this earth is a vapor. It's like, look it on your outline. It's, it's like our time on Earth is like a dot compared to the line of eternity. And that dot represents your earthly life, but that line of eternity goes on for eternity. billions and billions and billions of years. You and I are still going to be alive, billions of years yeah oh. and
0: think about let's make it clear because scripture makes it abundantly clear that there are just two places to spend eternity come on it's true but yeah. just two places after you breathe your last you will go on your spirit will go on mm-hmm. and live somewhere everyone's does. come on. the kingdom of god the, the two places are the kingdom of god the place of love and blessing never to be separated from God Calendous. there's light there's freedom there's you're free from sin and death joy joy, right. unspeakable and full of glory and there are assignments I mean it's not that like we're just gonna float along come on know, like some cherub All on right. a cloud no <laughs> yeah. you will know people in heaven they will look like they look here on earth yeah only in glorified bodies and so there's a choice of eternity in heaven with God, fa- God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, or it's the domain of darkness. Scripture describes it as hell. Right. A place of utter torment. And it's separation from God, where you pay for the penalty of your sin. This is why the choice of going to heaven and having your sins forgiven
1: mm-hmm.
0: is a free gift. It's, it's an amazing gift that we have. Amen. I don't understand why anybody would resist it or I turn agree. it down. Because if you go... if you if you, you must be welcomed into heaven by the forgiveness of your sin. There is no sin in heaven. None. And so the people that want to pay the penalty for their sin, I want to hold on to my sin. I don't need the forgiveness. Well, when you die, Hmm. there's only the other place. There's separation from God because sin and God don't go together.
1: And And you can never pay for it. And you can never
0: pay for your. will, But you will suffer in separation from God in a place called hell and eventually the lake of fire uh, for all eternity. And so... Thank God Jesus made the way of escape for us. Amen. Amen. Oh, (laughs) worship you, Lord. God wishes that none would perish, but that every person would find eternal life. That's right. Everyone who accepts the need for forgiveness of their sin, they turn from the life that they were going this way in sin and say, I want to follow you. I want to be a Christ follower. I I want want to love and obey you. I want to walk by faith with you. He gives us a book to tell us how to do it.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: You know, it's a good deal.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> because what you and I do now, like in this dot of time, you know, dot is where you're born. Like, dot, I'm here. And then then there's the line of eternity that goes on forever. Uh-huh. And most people are living just in the dot. Like, they put all their eggs in this dot basket. It's like, what I do now is everything. And it's like, well, wait. There's eternity beyond this Come for on. every single person. Come on. And so how I invest my... Time now in this dot period is going to affect everything in eternity. This is on our outline, how I invest my life now will forever affect the outcome of my eternity. This is a big deal. Yes, it is. Will I live for the dot? Put all my eggs in this basket as though this is all there is. This present earth now is everything. Or will I live for the line of eternity? And look ahead. We've talked about investments for the future that are wise. And we're talking about reaping an eternal harvest, rewards for how we invested our life here in the earth. There are actually rewards Scripture talks about. Mm. How did we invest our life here in this dot of time, if you will? (laughs) There will be rewards for how we did it. You know, we're all going to sit down next week for Thanksgiving dinner at our tables give thanks for the abundant provision that we have, an earthly harvest. We've all been given a lot of material blessings. And it's right and good, you know, that we are grateful for those things and recognize that God is really the one who's provided them for us. Yes, we worked for them, but it's like the song we sing. It's your breath in our lungs that allows (laughs) us to do it. Hmm. So you couldn't do it without his breath of life on the inside of you. And yet we looked at all these scriptures that are reminding us also over and over again that this earth is not as it is now, is not our home. Come
1: on, come on.
0: We are not to invest everything that we have, our time, our talent, our treasure, into only what we can see, feel, and touch in this life, because there's so much far, far beyond it. Come on. Look at what this scripture says. It's Colossians 3 1 to 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, this is for the person who has had their sins forgiven, right. they're a follower of Christ. Yep. If then you have been raised with Christ, because we are now to be living. By faith in resurrection life. Seek the things that are above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind where? On things that are above.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Not on things that are on earth. For you've died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Wow. There's a lot in that scripture. Amen. We are to die to our old self. Come on. When we repent of our sin, die to our old self, our old way of thinking, and take up a new way of life. Pick up our cross, really, yes. Jesus says, and follow him. But he says, set your mind here on things that are above. Like, in other words, have an eternal viewpoint of your life. Yeah. Look beyond the dot. Yeah. You know, and live, live for the line of eternity. Too many Christians are doing the opposite of this scripture. They have their mind always on the things of the earth, getting bummed out about everything here on the earth. or trying to make the earth, the, the end all, the glorious right, right. spot. I mean, Jesus said in this world, you're going to have tribulation, trials, distress, and suffering. So just we sometimes as a Christian, we think "Well, we could become a follower of Christ. It's all going to be great. But we are going to suffer as a follower of Christ. We're not going to always get our way. The timing is not going to always be what we want. there are going to be a lot of times things are a mystery to us. We think, I don't get it. But we have to also go with the line of eternity Come on. and know that God's promises are true. He'll never leave us or forsake us. Nothing can separate us from his love. Hallelujah. As much as the devil's going to want to talk you into thinking that. And so we want, according to this scripture, if we're going to set our mind on things above, invest our life, our time, right. our giftings. This is why we encourage you to serve. Because you're actually sowing seeds. It's not like, well, we just need a, a space for you to fill on a Sunday morning. Right. You're sowing your time your life into another person's life for the sake of eternity. Because when some child over there in mile one gives their life to Christ,
1: wow. that's
0: a reward in eternity that you got up, you put on some clothes, you, put, you, know, you, you came in with a faithful attitude and you taught in that class. You'll be rewarded for that. Praise God. That, ch- that child's life is changed for eternity.
1: Praise
0: God. And so that's living not just for, well, I don't feel like it today. <laughs> I'm just going to stay home. That's living for the dot. Living for the line is going, you know what? I'm, I'm not, it's not about me. It's about whom I can yes. serve and help today. And when someone's life is changed, the Lord's watching. He's looking at it. He's, going, and he's, a, he's a good uh, detail keeper. He keeps he records. Keeps say, scripture books. says he keeps
1: books yes.
0: of all the things that happen in our lives. And so when you invest your time and your talent and your treasure your money into the things of, this, of God, you will be rewarded for it one day.
1: That's so, why we're giving you the opportunity. You, we, that's one thing. If we keep telling you about these things and then we don't give you the opportunities, well, that's part of the picture. We want to give you the opportunity because it's for your own good. It's for the line. Remember last week we looked at this Matthew chapter 6? Jesus told us to lay up treasures in heaven. Let me read that scripture to you one more time. And Jesus says this. He says, but store up for yourselves. Let that sit. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in or steal. Dot or the line? Do you want to invest in the line? Because you're living in the line. You're you're living in the line. And so we give you the opportunity to actually store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. It says, for yourselves. It's like your bank account in heaven. Mm -hmm. And you, it's real, folks. It's real because Jesus says so. The Bible says so. And Jesus is specifically talking about money in this in Matthew chapter 6. He says, you've got to be aware of how you think about money. What's your viewpoint on money? How you spend your money. And he says, make it count for eternity. Make investments, eternal investments with your money. By giving and supporting the kingdom of God and His work. Mm -hmm. And and God has designed it so the people of the church, those people who claim to be Christians, are to support the needs and the work of the local church. And by doing that, you're actually investing in the line. Mm -hmm. Are you getting it? You're laying up treasures in heaven. This is incredible that we have the opportunity Laid out in front of us. Scripture is very plain about it. But Christians have a hard time accepting this truth. Now let that sit. Some Christians have a hard time releasing their money into the kingdom so that God can use it for His purposes. And believe it or not, you're laying up, Jesus said, for yourselves, Treasures in heaven. And so, yeah, and honestly, this is the greatest hindrance to advancing the kingdom of God, advancing the gospel on the earth. Yet, the message is free. Amen. Amen. Salvation is free, it doesn't cost you anything. It just costs you your believing in the grace that God has given you. But the pipeline to get the gospel out costs money, Mm -hmm. it costs money. And what happens is that people go, ah, I just think somebody else would do it. I was at the bank this last week. I was at the bank. Well, he didn't tell me that, hey, you know, Pastor Steve, you know that mortgage, that payment you do every month here. You know, just, just forget about it. The church mortgage. Yeah. The church mortgage. No, the bank expects us to pay every month what we owe them. Same thing with West Penn Power. (laughs) And the rest of the bills keep coming every month, just like it does at your house. (laughs) The truth is, if missionaries had the money that they needed to accomplish what God has placed in their heart, we would be able to... The whole earth would hear what's going on. They'd hear the gospel, and this whole place would be wrapped up. We'd be gone. Hallelujah. Jesus said, until the whole world hears... That's when he's coming back, as soon as that's done. You know, we have some friends, the cooks in the Darien jungle. Been there for 40 years. The Darien jungle, 40 years. Came there in a tent. Yeah. Yeah. Snakes. <laughs> and they've been doing an amazing work there. That's true. Poisonous snakes sneaking into their... I'm not kidding you. Poisonous snakes, they tell it, into their sleeping bags. Yeah, with children. With their kids. Poisonous spiders. You know, it's a dangerous, but they're doing an incredible evangelistic work there. They're having something for the kids. They have a school for kids. They're training up uh, indigenous people so that they can go deeper into the jungle to preach the gospel. Remember, you are ambassadors for another kingdom, and that's what they're doing. They're fulfilling it. It's it's dangerous there. Not only those poison things in the natural, but they're in the midst of the Jungle where all these drug cartels come, yeah. all the slave, the sex slave trafficking, they're right in the midst of it, and they just raised enough money to have this big tractor so that they can plow the land, fix the water damage, the drainage there, because you know there's a rainy season there, and it's crazy, and that is also able to build these buildings, but it took. It took a couple of years to get that tractor. Now they need money for the shipping. How, how, here's another, uh, Dave Ebert, friend of ours, friend of this ministry's. He He's in Africa. He is in, uh, here it is. He, the chief in this northwest Zimbabwe, Zambia, gave them land, precious land. They want him to be the outpost there. They are excited. The chief in that whole area is excited about what they're going to bring. But the land has nothing on it. There's no buildings. There's no well. There's nothing there. You know, they need money to build these outposts. They need uh, money to bring running water. They need be- it's not because there isn't a willing missionary. It's because the churches themselves limit them because of a lack of funding. People think, Christians think, someone else would do it. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is saying, store up for yourself treasure in heaven. Yeah. For yourself treasures in heaven.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, why is it? Well, we all have to ask ourselves this. Why is it that people have such a hard time sitting in, I mean, because this is scripture, people sitting in church have such difficulty uh-huh. releasing their money. To do God's work, so the gospel can advance. Why? You have to even ask yourself that. Yeah. If it's hard for you, it's like why? Well, it's hard for all of us, I think, to a certain extent. Depending on what the Holy Spirit moves on your heart to do. You know, five dollars, ten dollars, twenty, maybe a hundred. But you know, when the Lord starts laying on larger amounts, yes. then it's like, oh. It's
1: called I don't sacrificial giving. <laughs>
0: We can all do that, but you have to remember this line perspective. Yes. That there's nothing the Holy Spirit's asking you to do that's ever going to put you necessarily at some kind of terrible disadvantage. You might feel like, well, I have to go without whatever it was I wanted, whatever that might be. But, you know, listen, do we not live in a land of plenty? Go on. You know, we, on. we joked about that television last week at Sam's Club.
1: I did not get it, by the way. <laughs> 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 don't
0: tell him that. Don't tell him that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, most people have more than one TV. Yes. House, and one <laughs> an iPad and phones with videos right. and all the things that we have. You know, we don't find it hard to release a $1,000 for whatever it might be we want. It might be a new television. It might be a new iPhone. It might be, you know, people buy law. Lo- here comes Christmas.
1: Yeah. Uh
0: hmm. But why is it that we have a hard time releasing it into the place? Really, you're making the best investment of your life when you release money into the kingdom. True. But you have to believe. You have to believe that this place is not, you know, this is not where you invest everything in what I I have here. You have to have an eternal perspective and believe it by faith. And one of the greatest, this is on our outline, deterrence to giving is the illusion. It's an illusion that this earth... Now where I live, everything that I have and I do is really just my forever home. This is it. So I have to get everything, feel everything, have everything. And it's really an illusion. Come on. Because the problem, you know, is with that is that you're always trying to fit in here, but we don't. If you're a follower of Christ, you really don't fit in here. How many of you have felt like that? Come on. Like so many times like, oh, what is is wrong with the world? (laughs) And when you grasp this truth that you really are a pilgrim, that's why you don't fit in. You're like on a journey. You're not supposed to sit here and park yourself and, you know, build your own little kingdom while you're in the earth. We're on a journey. We're on, on a journey to our original homeland, which is to be with Christ. Yes. pilgrim. And when you look at it that way, it gets easier to release your money. It's like, Lord, what do you want to do with this money? Yeah, I'd have it extra. I couldn't use it for myself, but do you want me to sow it into your kingdom for an eternal purpose? Oh, that's where he, you know, he needs willing hearts because we're here really on assignment to do his will, not to do our own will. This is part of the cross that we carry as a Christian. We are not here to do our own will. We're here to do the will of the Father and to know the love of God and just to obey him by faith. That's the the biggest challenge for a Christ follower. And by all means, God wants us to enjoy the goodness of the world around us. He wants us to enjoy it. It's not as though we're supposed to just become hermits and live in some little shell of a life come on but you know we also have to realize that all the curse and the suffering and the Mm. darkness that we see that this is not ultimately the world that we were made for does not your heart tell you that yeah like there's something wrong desperately wrong (laughs) here and if I put all my eggs in this basket that way it's like you're gonna you can't take it with you (laughs) right come on you're not gonna take anything with you to the grave And so the material things that we accumulate in this world, you know, will not and cannot go with us when we pass over into eternity. This is part of believing by faith that we are going to live forever. I mean, suppose you're an American and you're living in France for three months, okay? And you're told that while you're living there, you know, you can buy what you want with the money that you have, but you can't bring anything back to the United States with you after three months, you've got to leave it all there in France. How would that affect how you <laughs> spend your money while you're in France? I mean, obviously, it would affect you. You might buy a few nice things, like you're in France, it's like, all right, I'm gonna buy my French roast coffee, I gotta have that, right, in my espresso maker. Oh, yeah. But I mean, you're not gonna go out and buy large pieces of art or you know, expensive jewelry if you know I can't take it with me. Right. It's all gonna stay here. You know, you know, and so knowing that whatever there is, you know, in France is gonna stay there, it's gonna affect your mindset about right. what you do with your money, how you spend it. And of course, you know, we of course just living on earth, we're gonna we're living far more than just three months Come on. here on the earth, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But our stay here, nevertheless, is temporary. That's right. We're really here on assignment. This is why it's important for us to realize you have gifts that the Lord's put on the inside of you. He's given you influence in certain areas right. of your life. And we're right. supposed to steward what we have for the sake of advancing his kingdom. That's the whole purpose of why we're here. It's not here to get what I want, have what I want, when I want it, how I want it. Mm. If we live for the dot, which is like putting all of our eggs in that basket, we miss the whole point. Amen. And this is sadly what many Christians are going to face even when they, we, they get to the judgment seat of Christ. Right. Because it's not, it's rewards actually.
1: It is rewards. It's, it's,
0: it's a reward seat. But what you get in reward for your life, how you sacrificed it for the sake of the kingdom and the earth, is going to take you through eternity. Because there are going to be assignments. Correct. Jesus said there'll be cities to rule and reign over. I mean, I can't even imagine. Maybe he's just going to glorify and resurrect the whole universe. And we're going to see it as God made it. And he's going to say, you know, Dan Pulliam, I saw all that work that you did. You know, all those days that you were raking and cutting and serving. You know, truly.
1: Yeah, it's true. It is how it's going to work. And he's going to say,
0: you know, take this city over here and I want you to have rulership over it. You're going to think, what? That's all? I just cut grass. I didn't. He's going to say, yeah, but I saw it. And I saw you go out and do it when you didn't feel like doing it. Right. You know, when it was like you could have done 10 other things in a day, just like every one of us feel Mm -hmm. like, do I really have to do it? But you sacrifice your life. And this is what the Lord writes down. And he's like, there'll be a reward for that. There'll be a reward for even a cup of cold water, Jesus says, that you give a little one. When you do it for Him, when you sacrifice and do it for Him, He's like, you won't lose that reward.
1: You know, people right now, even today, are looking for investments. We've looked for investments, you know, that have a big payoff, you know. You know, the IRAs in the stock market, jewelry, property, gold. Buy gold now, buy gold now. Silver's going to take off, you know. Everybody is looking for investments, and some people are willing to risk big things To get a big payout. Uh, (laughs) But if you really want a big payout, if you want something secure, listen, Jesus is offering it to us. His payouts are eternal. and This is on our outline. When we give to God's work, we are storing up treasures in heaven that we will never lose. Now, we shouldn't live for the dot. We've got to live for the line. Amen? Amen. Our life on earth begins and ends. It's brief. And really, the truth is, the older you get, you absolutely know how fast time goes. It's really different. It really is. But we have to live for the line, the new heaven, the new earth. That does not end. It continues on. I Anybody mean, well, remember John Rockefeller, John D. Rockefeller, one of the richest men in the world in the 70s. You know he died? And the accountant was asking, well, how much did he, you know, how much did he leave when he died? He left all of it. Every dime. <laughs> See, we can't can't live for the dot and start to accumulate, accumulate, accumulate. This really is an opportunity for you, for me, to invest into the kingdom of God and know for sure that we will have a reward that's eternal, eternal. I mean eternal. And so God is offering this for every single person. If you're getting a reward for a cup of water... What about sacrificial giving? What about giving your time sacrificially? What about imparting to the children over in mile one? Who knows? Maybe there's the next uh, Billy Graham back there. I mean, really, maybe it's the next missionary to the nations. Maybe it's the prophet of God back there that's going to cause revival to come in this butler area. You know that bumper sticker, he who uh, dies with the most toys wins? <laughs> really, the truth is, he who dies with the most toys still dies. <laughs> Look at this, is on our outline. As we live in the dot, we can invest forward into the line. And Jesus is saying that uh, we can take stuff now and invest it into God's kingdom.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're all going to part with our stuff. I mean, people have said, you know, you've never seen a hearse you know, at, at a funeral. I mean, even if you s- dug a hole big enough and put all your stuff there. You know, you're still, it's still going to be there. It's not going off into eternity. Your like spirit, the pharaohs. Like he... the pharaohs, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they dug up the tombs, and it's like, here it is. It's, it didn't go <laughs> it's with It's still it. there. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a quote from Jim Elliott. This is awesome. A missionary who was martyred by the people in Ecuador that he went to evangelize. He said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. That's awesome. How right he was to say that. He's no fool who gives what he cannot keep. I mean, we're supposed to be, you know, people who give our lives mm-hmm. away for Jesus no matter the cost. I mean, he was martyred by the very people he went to show the love of God to. In the natural, it looks like he lost. Mm. <laughs> You're in the dot, Jim. You lost. But I'll tell you what. No, it was a sacrifice of his life Amen. that he gave. I mean, he, gave, he knew he went there without possibility. But he was looking for the long-term gain. He didn't care that he would have to maybe martyr, be martyred, and give up his life, because he'd have great rewards from Jesus in the line of eternity. And see, it takes faith to live like that. Come on. It takes faith to go. I believe it. The world's telling me, put all your eggs in this basket and try to get everything you want here. But it's like we were fools if we do that. Come on. He says he's no fool who who. Gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And so, because of his sacrificial giving, I mean, he wanted long term gain on his life, and he will have great rewards for that. (laughs) So, I mean, when giving makes you part of something bigger than yourself, you see how this works. So, you're giving, if you give your your money, you think, well, this is just money in the natural, but yeah, when life has changed because of it. Come on. I mean, took money to say, buy this church. But lives get changed on the inside of it. So Amen. It's, like, it's not so much, oh, we just want a building. It's like, well, it's what we do in the building. It's the people that come into the building. Yes. That's what's important. Gosh. And so giving makes you, when you give your money, it's like I'm investing in a life being changed Amen. by the knowledge and love of God. Sweet. That's an investment. And so, you know, what's the biggest misconception that we have when we think of giving financially to
1: We God's think, work? you know what, we think that money that we gave is gone. Yeah we will never see it again we well we're happy that others benefit from it you know we that's how we think we think of that but you know <laughs> we think once that money leaves our hands there's no connection to us at all but according to Jesus old testament new testament scriptures you couldn't be more wrong because giving to the kingdom of god is not divesting depleting It's actually investing, and you're going to get a payoff. And it's going to far exceed the cost of your investment. I mean, it's true. All of us, listen, all of us want to hear this. You know, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'll set you over much. See, there you go. There's, There's more to come in eternity. Come on. And then here, look at this. Enter into the joy of your master. Shouldn't we all want to anticipate the, 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 and desire that? Yes. Wouldn't every child want to hear from their father an approval? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yes, they would.
0: I mean, look what the Apostle Paul spoke to the Philippian church about their financial giving. Philippians 4.17, he said to them, right, look at Not this. that I seek or i am eager for your gift, but I do seek and I'm eager for the fruit which increases to your credit, the harvest of blessings that's accumulating to your count. Awesome. Yeah. So it's this, this eternal perspective yeah. of our life, of everything that we're doing in our life. Paul was saying, I'm not looking for just give me your money. I mean, this is what the people think, people outside, people think, the church just wants my money. It's like, the church doesn't just want your money. God wants, God doesn't even really need our money he has he owns everything but he understands the system that he set up right so that we don't bow down to the god of mammon in mm. the world but we say you know what this money isn't my source
1: come on and it's a
0: big test of faith isn't it it's a big test of faith isn't it you know but god you know god keeps this is on our outline god keeps an account open for us in heaven which we can deposit to time we give it's like Every we're making time. a deposit you are making another deposit Glory Your to time, God. Time, talent, and treasure. Every gift given for God's glory uh-huh. is a deposit into an eternal bank account, if you will, and you're, you're the eternal beneficiary.
1: Come of on. It. That's right. It's so, you know, reward's a positive thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it, a lot, uh, you know, it's not wrong to be motivated uh, by a reward. Yeah. And scripture brings it out as a motivation. Do you understand? It's God's idea to reward you. It's His idea. Now, suppose you're a parent and you tell your kids that, Evan, Heidi, and Elsie, this Saturday we're going to have a family work day.
0: (laughs) You're going to get paid.
1: Everybody's excited. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to pay you. And then we're gonna, I'm going to take you out to a, a really nice dinner. And now suppose, suppose they now say, yeah, thumbs up on that is right. Yeah. <laughs> suppose they say, well, Dad, you know, we don't want to get paid. We don't want to go out to dinner. We know that it's right to do this because you're our dad. <laughs> now the parents go like this. <laughs> ah! <laughs> But honestly, if you're offering this reward to them, and a fun time, and having a great dinner, and this fellowship here, and then they blow you off, how would that make dad feel? Yeah, Think about it. Listen, eternal reward is God's idea. So let God have the joy of rewarding you. Let Him do it. We have a, this, this goes back to the Philippian scripture again, reread that. It's all to your account. If we don't teach you and we don't offer this to you, then when you stand there and you have no rewards, you're going to say, why? I went to church all this time. But when you open up the scripture and then it lays open and bare and say, this is a good deal. Let me teach you. It is. What did Jesus say? Store up treasure for yeah, yourself. yourself.
0: Yourself.
1: Yeah. Store up treasure for yourself. Suppose you're just a ten dollar giver every month. Every month. <laughs> well, hope more than that Hopefully <laughs> not. What kind of reward are you going to have? I'm seriously. You're work, You're living for billions and billions of years. And what you do in the dot. Will determine what happens in the line. Yeah. And we can use our money for eternal purposes, for spiritual things. Yes. I mean, really. You want to just mention? Yeah, all right. You want to mention the, the hey, offering? We're once going to take again, up? I'm bringing the need of this church to your attention. We need three. HVAC systems back there in the classrooms, children's classrooms, one in Broadway, one in the nursery, and one in Gateway. The, they're back there now without heaters that are, they've, they've done their best. Those heaters are done. They've gone for 50 years, and they really did good work, but they before they got up and left, <laughs> they got real noisy, and teachers had to talk over them. You know, speaking of teachers back there, go back there, moms and dads, and thank them for what they're doing, and do that every week, because there is a rotation of teachers that go back there, and if you're not serving, uh, like Pastor Mamie said, oh my gosh, you'll learn a lot. You'll learn the Bible back there in a sweet way. You'll get it just like those kids are getting it. But this is a need for us. Next week, we're going to take up an offering for those things. And we already discussed it told you it was about $19,000 that we need to, to come up with so that when it turns into my favorite time of year. <laughs> It's not everybody's favorite time of year. (laughs) And listen, I like to be warm just as much as you do. I do. And those kids need heat back there. Those teachers need heat back there. In the summer, guess what they need? Air conditioning back there. So we're taking up this for mile one. We, we, We want everybody to join in and to give sacrificially. We really do. Uh, you, you might be saying, what the heck does a HVAC system have to do with eternity? The system itself has nothing to do with eternity. Pastor Mamie mentioned it before. It's not the building. It's what happens in the building. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. It's the same thing over here in mile one. If those kids are shivering over there. They got their mittens on. They got their hat on. They got their coat on. And the teachers are chattering (laughs) on their teeth like this. And everybody's breath, oh, look at that. (gasps) (laughs) Right, Karen, right. They can't focus on what the eternal word of God is being laid out. Those teachers over there open their heart to give to your kids every week. Every week it's huge amen it's huge so i'm asking pastor mamie and i are asking that you pray about it ask god what to give and i'm asking to for you to store up treasures for yourself in heaven Mm -hmm. this is an opportunity for us and i want you to ask yourself these questions I mean, is this on our outline? Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are serious questions. Does this amount express the level of thanksgiving that I have for how Community Life Church has blessed my life and my family? Only you can answer that. Does my offering show I value my hope of eternal reward more than material things on earth? Is it the dot Or is it the line? Is it the dot or is it the line? Pastor Mamie mentioned this last week. There is more scriptures about money and possessions than there are heaven and hell, more scriptures about possessions and money than there are faith. And why? Because Jesus knew this was a hang up. But he's offering this reward and the truth is when we first learned about tithing the fear of God fell on us because we weren't tithers and we didn't know anything about it and we thought how are we going to catch up so what we had we tithed on that was the first start it was the first start because our eyes were opened our eyes were opened to the truth of this and it really wasn't the amount It really wasn't it was who said it who said these words who is requiring this of me it's God himself and again goes right back here the next question does this amount represent a genuine sacrifice you know for some a hundred dollars is a huge sacrifice it's big. It's gigantic. And we learned that from the widow's mic when we taught about that last week. It's not the amount. It's the sacrifice. Is it a sacrifice? Is it $100? Is it $1,000? Is it $2,000? Is it a sacrifice? And here, does this amount really stretch my faith? These are great questions. These are challenging questions. Yes, Where do you put your trust? And are you investing for the line?